Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on our podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> we usually we're like all chatty and everything before we start recording and so we have to like pause and i'm chatty do a do a hit me with a subject i'll chat first of all oh welcome everyone my name is nathan i'm Lacey, and this is shooting the breeze shoot the breeze shooting the breeze or shoot the breeze i mean we're there's a breeze and we're we're taking a gun and we're shooting it honey guns are bad remember are they they're bad why because okay we're <laughs> people we're, say they are you're right no you're right guns are bad mm-hmm. we are stabbing the breeze i'm sorry but that won't with work a knife. either we're <laughs> running with scissors in the breeze how's that um <laughs> throwing cheese to the wind cheese to the wind yeah sheets to the wind Sh- two sheets to the wind what's that isn't that a saying Oh, speaking of sayings. What? I was right on that one time when I had a saying and you said it wasn't right and it was right. Pulling yarn. No, telling a yarn. Telling a yarn. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We promised to get more interesting. I, I mean, realized that was a bit tedious. <laughs> we don't. I mean, I was bored. So We, we promised nothing. Okay. There are no <laughs> guarantees you get what you pay for. All right. So if you're paying for this, you're listening on the wrong place because <laughs> we don't charge. It's funny. Anyways, sorry, serious. We got to get serious for a second. Okay, let's get serious. Um, we have had <coughs> thousands of responses. We have not. We've had a, a couple lie. of responses. We've had responses to a few of the questions, things that we've addressed in our podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, some serious, mostly nothing serious, though. And two responses in particular, and this is, you know, a subject that has been very near and dear to our hearts was, it was an agree to disagree, dealing with hotel keys. And the, the argument was Lacey could care less about being responsible. And I was very uh, passionate about being respectful to the hotel owners, to the hotel clerks in returning keys when you check out. And so we get on on with it. So we've had responses to that. So Jesse says this. Yeah. Well, I want it. I want this to be an official ballot. I'm with you on the hotel keys. Me. Me. No, me. I don't beat myself up if I forget, but returning it seems like the right thing to do. This strikes. Oh, he's turning it into a moral issue. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Jesse. This strikes nice. A, he goes, this strikes a nerve with me, though, because on a mission trip, I had a team member insisting that you do not return them ever <laughs> because it has your credit card info on, on it. On the hotel key? Yeah, and they steal your identity. That's just not true at all. No, he goes, this is not true, but they were <laughs> adamant about it. I said, wow, that sounds like an intense younger, like a 12 year old. That sounds like a 12 year old, like a mountain, a 12 year old Diane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've both known people on mission trips and there's some personalities who were like, 
the government's after you. You got to put your hotel key in a chip bag so they can't track it. Anyways, um, he, I, I said, that sounds like an intense person. Your ballot is fully submitted and has been fast-tracked to acceptance. So far, I'm winning. Jesse replied, yes, intense is a good way to describe this person. Thanks for letting me exercise the great American privilege of voting. We thank you, Jesse, for your comment. You know what? Suddenly, I just had 70 more votes that came in that said that you're wrong, Jesse, and that my way is the best. So they're unverified, but they're all <laughs> you know what's crazy? accredited. You know what's crazy is we all went home <laughs> after voting, and then in the morning they, they showed up. In. <laughs> he also, he had, he had a lot to we'll, say. Um, do you think we'll be, uh, hmm. what's it called? What? Uh, we can't be impeached, but arrested no. for starting... Rumors? A riot with our if I, you our and, if you and I <laughs> get in trouble for the things that we say, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more people with a lot more followers mm-hmm. <laughs> who should be more it's in true. trouble. It's okay, true. Jesse had one other thing to say. Oh, great! He said, "Who among us didn't go through a Rob Bell phase at one time or another?" <laughs> you know. So I I I really appreciated that Jesse because I feel like. I had someone who heard me. I felt heard and cared for. Okay. That was in reference Move to... Move it on. Move well, it I was going to say that was in reference to another podcast we did. It is. Dealing with my... Um, Tendency ad- to mimic. Yeah. Preachers that you love. Yeah. So... <laughs> oh, that was Mark Driscoll. That was the Mark Driscoll one. Oh. <gasps> that was... Oh. If you did not hear no, the Mark No, it was Driscoll before one. the Mark Driscoll Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Daniel said this. You, Nathan, are so right about the hotel keys. Hmm. So there's been two votes <laughs> to s- apparently I see, 70. I don't, I don't trust it because you're the one getting the emails and you're the one approving them to be read on hmm? the video. So What was that? I said you're the one getting the votes nope. and the all, emails. All forms of voting are approved just because nobody decided to inform you of any votes that you may or may not have. Yeah. I'm just saying that if you win this voting, uh-huh. I'm going to riot. Okay. Yeah, lip. Nope. You can't okay. say that. I'm going to peaceful protest. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Wow. Hey, on this episode, we are doing some question and responses. Yes, um, we are. We heard you. And we have some fantastic questions, some great stuff. I was really hoping, I'll be honest, I was really hoping for questions like, Lacey, do you, is that your natural hair color? If not, what do you recommend? Like really easy stuff. What do I recommend? Yeah, like how do you color your hair? Or... Nathan. Well, that is not an appropriate question. Okay, we have been over this. Nathan. Wait, wait, here's a question for Hmm. the masses. Is it appropriate to ask a grown woman if she colors her hair? Because I, I kid you not, when I go out in public, I have no less than one person a day ask me that question. And I don't, I don't feel like it's any of their business, honestly, they, to ask me if my hair is real or not. It's my hair. It's on my head. Wouldn't they feel bad if it, if, if it wasn't my hair on my head? Whose like, hair would it be? You run a risk of that. Well, you know people wear wigs. I mean, that happens. It's a part of life. Right? Yeah. But I mean, the question I get all the time is, do, number one, is my curl natural and is my color natural? And you know what? I'm not even going to tell. I'm not going to tell y'all. 
because it's my business and I'm a grown woman and I should be able to not be asked that question, even though I don't care. I just think it's odd that people ask me that. I had like an 18 year old boy ask me that the other day. Weird. Um, (laughs) Other questions that I thought we would get. Nathan, Mm -hmm. who does your style? It's so incredible. Like your clothing? Yeah. And I'll tell you. Dresses you? Yeah. Um, And I do. Uh, If you're wondering, it's me. And the style I go with is, I call it simplistic, minimalistic. You know, you look like you're from an old Navy catalog. I mean, it's not that. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very particular about how I dress. Uh, Charcoal, gray. It has to be a tri-weave, also known as heathered. It cannot be a flat gray. It has to be a tri-weave heathered gray t-shirt with jeans. Now, I do vary my jeans. I have black jeans. Oh, my gosh. I am bored. I want to leave. Don't turn it off. I'll get him on topic. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, we did not get those questions. We got incredible questions, though. Really good stuff. And the first question... I thought we were going to talk about something fun before we got into the questions. Oh, we can. I thought you turned it off. I was talking about style, and you're like, I'm bored. Well, that was boring. What I want to talk about is interesting. What do you want to talk about? Do you have a subject on your mind that you're... What? Coffee. Ooh. Coffee's exciting. Okay. So this is something we can both get behind. (laughs) This is agree to agree. Welcome. This is agree to agree. (laughs) So this is one of the funniest things is one night I turned to Nathan and I was like, do you ever go to bed at night excited to wake up and have coffee? And I know, you know what? I do most of the time and he does as well. I do. It's one of the things that has kept our marriage together. It is. It's something we always have been very unified Mm -hmm. on is number one, good coffee. coffee, And number two, Mm -hmm. prepared well. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slim down our audience right here. Ready? Oh, coffee, tea people? Huh? No. I'm going to call out uh, things that are not good coffee. Mm. First of all, Keurig. No, that's disgusting. Keurig? Keurig is disgusting. I'm sorry, but if you like Keurig, mm-hmm. it's just because you ha- you don't put enough time into your coffee and you're really <laughs> excited that you can put that little pot in there mm-hmm. and just go for it. Boom. Done. It's. But let me tell <clears throat> you what, as a friend... As somebody who cares, that is not coffee. Keurig is not your friend. Ready? Other things I'm calling out. Starbucks. Yeah, I mean, I know this is controversial, but Starbucks is not very good. And we might, this one, we might legitimately get sued for bad-mouthing Starbucks. I have more. More brands. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to get much money from us. (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing with Starbucks. I will give them. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So when Lacey and I travel, you know what you're getting when you pull up to a Starbucks. It is true. Um, You're getting burned coffee, (coughs) but at least it's stronger. It's consistently burnt coffee. Consistently burned. The other thing, though, hold on. I have had my own personal protest, peaceful. Okay. Against Starbucks. Does that mean you burned one down? (laughs) No. I'm sorry. That only be that only be if it was a Walgreens (laughs) located in Portland. Uh. Um. No, my own peaceful protest is I was kicked out of a Starbucks recently because I didn't have a mask on. Okay. Um, and I was I was going to order coffee, 
and just run to the bathroom while they were making it. Well, I couldn't even get to ordering the coffee because they're like, you have to have a mask on. And I said, no, I don't. I have an exemption. They're like, we don't take exemptions. And I'm like, okay, you also won't take my money. And I left. So I've. I don't feel like that story is really about coffee. No, it's about masks. <laughs> it's about. <laughs> it's like hot topic. Uh, shoot the breeze. <laughs> I know, right? What other hot topics? I know, right? <laughs> no, because I, I feel like I'm not living in Venezuela. Okay. I have rights. Yeah, I agree with and you. And my right is to <laughs> breathe without a, a mask. moist cloth covering my face. Anyways. So speaking of moist cloth <clears throat> cover, uh, we have been using a filter lately for our coffee, where before we just went straight French press, which my mm. friend expressed concern over me, over me doing French press for so long because she said she read a study randomly that you, get, you can have more heart problems by not using a filter. I don't. I've never source checked this. Um, I feel like it's fake news. It might be. Oh, fact check. Fact check it. Somebody. Fake news. But um, <laughs> anyway, we had a French press for, I don't know, like eight years. Yeah. And we were really good about it. We really loved it. And then we just got sick and tired of waiting for it to mm-hmm. get done. It just took so much longer. So now we have one where we can set a time for like a... Um, I know most of you are like, of course you can have a coffee pot like this. But when you like bougie coffee, you don't usually have a timer. Yeah, no, we've we've honestly we've moved to the timer set coffee pot and it has changed my life. But it has changed my life. But it is. Nathan's looking at the audio measurements. I know she's she's like yelling yelling into the mic. (laughs) Um, It's a bougie coffee maker, though. It is. It's like one. we used to have a bun. The buns are nice, though. Buns the are buns considered are nice. nice. As long as you have good coffee and you have enough coffee in the bun. Well, we used the bun like a pour-over because it had one of those tanks in the back, mm-hmm. the heated yeah. tank. But this one is a um, OXO brew. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a si- is it like a siphon brew? Because it kind of like uh, filters up the water. I don't think it's a siphon. It's like a pour-over, but it just is really fast and it's mm-hmm. highly rated. And I got it off Marketplace. And yeah, it's amazing. changed my life. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, We've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos and all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you if you would like to become a partner please visit cultivaterelationships.com support now i hope you enjoy the rest of this episode i have a controversial statement oh yeah i love controversial statements okay. Um, the controversial statement is sweet tea is gross. Tea is gross. No, tea is delicious, but sweet tea is gross. And unsweet tea is where it's at. And I said it and I'm going to get run out of Texas, but that's the truth. Well, I was going to say just to be, I'm going to take your controversial statement and raise it. And up it, it. okay. Sweet tea Mm. and unsweet tea 
are nasty. Oh my gosh, a hot, like a real hot, <clears throat> hot day, like a hot Texas day where it's over 100 no. degrees. No. And you just pull into Chicken Express and you get yourself a big old nice can you not give on. tea. Can you not give? So good. Can't, you can't give free advertising. We've been throwing brands away around all, all episodes. Yeah, we're disparaging brands. <laughs> That's fine. I feel like our the our ability to bump sales at any of these establishments is really not going to make a difference. It, minimal. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if we're promoting stuff, uh, I'm actually currently drinking a, a coffee Numinous from coffee. Numinous. Yeah, you are. I like you, and Numinous. it's delicious. It is good. Thank They're you, Numinous. They're very good. They do a good... Hat is off to Numinous. Mm -hmm. It is a great good job. coffee. Yeah. We came from... Fun fact. We came from a community with a roaster who was it, I forget what is the magazine called where he's like featured in roasting magazines. I, know, I actually do not keep up on the roasting magazines, but uh, Bar barista. Was, Maybe it was called barista. It is a, real, a really yeah. good coffee shop, but there's a yeah. lot of great coffee shops in Alaska actually yeah. because it is so cold and yeah. so winter all the year that people want to so winter all the year Ooh. that people want to drink coffee all the time. I have a fun fun topic. Alaska, what is it? Dairy Queen sells more ice cream in Alaska. More ice cream is sold in Alaska than any other state. I feel like we're shooting from the hips with all of our fun facts. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> shooting the breeze. Sh shooting the breeze. Shooting the breeze we're with the fun facts. With a dart gun. No, a uh, not a dart gun. What You're is it? You're back to the weapons? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do our first question. Let's circle back. <laughs> Oh, now you want to do questions? <laughs> no, what is it? Nerf gun. That's what it is. Not a dart gun. Okay, first question. I'm do sorry. you want to read the question? Or do you want me to? Okay, this question is from Christy, and it is, what are the healthiest ways to decompress when you are surrounded by chaos? That's a great question. So I think maybe the way we can address this or respond to this is maybe give some things that we personally do to decompress. Um, one thing I do is, is I like working on my website on, on the cultivate site. Like I like coding and stuff like that. And it's, it's like one of those things that I do that is like an immediate like gratification. Cause I can see the design when I'm done. Um, so like I, I would say what is, you know, something artistic, what is something creative that you like to do that can kind of help you decompress. So that's one direction you could take. Um, another thing is I have recently started doing this that if I feel like my day is getting crazy, today's one of those days, actually. Today was one of those days it started so poorly. So, so poorly. We're not getting into it because this is a positive and encouraging podcast. So poorly, though. And I got to <clears throat> I got to my office um, so late that I barely had any time. I, I have this one commitment where I, I go to a prayer meeting for an hour at noon. And I wanted to get the majority of my work that I had on my list to do done before I went to that prayer meeting. Needless to say, didn't happen. Went to the prayer meeting and it was so encouraging, so incredibly relaxing. Um, so praying, uh, that's one thing I do. I've read in a book recently. Um, I was hosting his presence 
by Bill Johnson. He talks about how if you take five minute, like do a five minute vacation, if you feel like your day is getting so crazy, so out of control, so out of hand, whatever it is, um, what he'll do is take five minutes and pray and ask God, God, what are your thoughts toward me right now? What is, what is your thoughts towards me? And, and you just kind of sit and listen and wait. And, um, that's been also beneficial for me. What about you? What are your I thoughts? Think I, have, I have two, two trains of thought with this. And the first one is, um, I think that we have been taught in the church that we have a hierarchy of time. And the hierarchy is this, and you, you've probably heard this before. It's our time needs to go to first God, second family, third work, right? Mm. Fourth ministry mm-hmm. or vice versa, depending on the hierarchy. It could be ministry or work, depending on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the, the last tier is friends, relaxation, all of that, right? Hobbies. And, yeah. Right. And, and that tier is rearranged depending on who you're hearing speak on it. But this what this hierarchy does is it, it puts you into an attitude <clears throat> of um, a lot of expectation, on yep. your life where you're constantly gauging, are you giving enough in one area or giving too much in another? How do you readjust your life to, to fit better so that it's not out of whack? A lot of times people confuse uh, our time with God as ministry time. Well, I was going to say that I feel like is you nailed it. That's where the expect, the false expectation comes in is they redefine ministry as God. Right. And they have to put, ministry now in front of their spouse, right. their kids. But, but let me continue with Sorry. this thought real yeah. quick. So yeah, so this hierarchy <clears throat> idea, and I think the problem that we have with this hierarchy idea is it puts it firmly in our grasp as to how we are supposed to control and set our time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't leave a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to lead us. And so I think that not that it's bad to have structure. We all need structure mm-hmm. in our life. And some of us have really intense structure that is just set up with our work schedules. But I think that if we release this pressure we put on ourselves with the hierarchy and we go to the Lord, you know, we go to the Lord and say, the Lord, this is my day. Mm-hmm. How do you want me to spend it? Mm-hmm. What is your priority for my time? Not what do I need to put first, second, third, fourth, because we already make a plan if we have that hierarchy and we right. don't let the Lord lead us. And the Lord might be like thinking, man, your family's fine today. You really just need to take a break and read a book or yeah. vice versa. Your kids really, really need you engaged. You have to cancel so that you're able to engage. And I think what that does so is when we release that pressure of the hierarchy of our <laughs> brain, it allows the Lord to come in. And the thing about it is that the Lord is so creative with how he can take our time and our energy, how he can expand it, how he can give us ideas that really increase our impact. Um, I read a book this last year on George Washington Carver, and he was one of the most um, amazing people in the impact that he had. A lot of people know him as the man who um, kind of popularized the peanut, you know, (laughs) all the uses for the peanut. But what they don't really know is that in the South at the time, the, um, the farmers were failing and that there was huge um, or, uh, areas that were, were not going to be doing well. They needed a mm-hmm. solution because they had worn out their ground. And so the Lord 
gave him the idea for planting peanuts and then gave him the plan on how to make them useful because peanuts weren't considered useful at the time. Mm -hmm. And the Lord would just keep popping ideas into his head so, so much so that he had, I think it was over a thousand ideas of how to use peanuts. And along with that, he would partner with, um, black families and, um, just, uh, neighborhoods, places that were needing help with how to create a livelihood. And so he was such an impactful man, but what he did every single day, even though he was so smart, he had all this, um, what is it? He had all this seniority at the school. He had this responsibility. He, every day he'd take his time, go out to the woods and ask the Lord what he wanted. What, what, what did the Lord want him to do that day? Right. So he good. just, I mean, and he'd do it every morning. He'd go yeah. out and he said he'd sit in a stump behind the college and he'd, he'd pray and ask, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And I think that a lot of the times we, things we begin in the spirit, we try to complete in flesh. And so that could be relationships. That mm. could be even our jobs. You know, we ask the Lord for a job. He gives it to us and we're like, oh, let me, I take, I'm going to take this now, you know? Right. And, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to, Everything that we have received comes from the Lord and he is going to give us the tools. He's going to give us the ideas. He's going to give us the ways in which we're able to steward that well. And I guess what I want to say with all that is that it's a, I want to encourage you that you're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything wrong, but that maybe you're holding on to things a little bit too tight Mm. and allow the Lord to show you what things that you really need to be um, doing, putting your time and energy to, and what things you can release. Yeah. Um, and so that's the first thing. Can I wait? Can I bring yes, something to dealing that, yeah. with releasing? Right. One of the, um, w- one of the things I've added into my prayers, you know, and we're really good at this, uh, as Christians, we can be really good at re I'm just releasing it to God, just releasing it to God. But something I've been intentional about, bringing into my prayer life is receiving from God. So I may have to release a relationship. I may have to release a situation, um, or you may have to release a situation at work or, you know, whatever it is, something we have to release an expectation, whatever. But oftentimes if we don't replace that thing, which we are releasing, we have a tendency to pull it back and try to control it again. Um, And so what I've been incorporating into my prayer life is, God, I'm intentionally releasing whatever it is to you. What do you want to give me in return? And the principle is based on in um, Jesus uses, you know, if I think he was talking about demon possessed, but like you, you take it, you clear out a house but if you don't fill it with anything, it's like seven more things come back in. And so it's that idea of, okay, God, I'm going to intentionally clean out my house. I'm going to release to you these things. Whatever I feel like is making me feel chaotic. Holy Spirit, what do you want to give me in return? Um, and as he answers that question for you, and you, and maybe you still have questions like, what, what do you mean by this? Ask him and kind of have that dialogue with God of what is it he's trying to replace in your life that will bring peace? And what are the things that he's trying to get you to 
uh, release to him that will help bring rest. In the, it's like the analogy or the story when Jesus is on the boat, how he was able to release so many things that he could sleep even in the middle of a storm, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and so it's not that we want our environment to change. I mean, we do. But maybe that's not an option. So what is it that we do have control over? And it's receiving what God has for us. So what right. was your second one? That was a good um, My <clears throat> second point is that, as we've learned from the pandemic this last year, you can cancel anything. And I've, I've told my sister this for years, and it was really funny because when they um, canceled Europe, I told her, I just texted her, I was like, see, they cancel Europe. You can cancel anything. Because, canceled Europe? Well, they just, like, they... they banned flights to Europe. Oh, do you remember? Like they, yeah. everything got canceled this last year. And so this is the act- Olympics. Everything got, ca- I don't even know how to, I can say it differently. Everything got canceled. There was nothing too sacred that did not get canceled this year. Or even things that were sacred that were canceled. Everything was canceled. Right. And so any, and I, and I know that caused a lot of pain and chaos and a lot of issues. And so I'm not demeaning the cost. It was a cost to canceling things, mm-hmm. but in our own personal lives, there is really nothing you can't cancel if you need to. And I say that because sometimes we feel such slave to our schedule and that is just not healthy. And so it might be time to evaluate and say, what is the reason I'm keeping this thing? Is it because I'm afraid someone's going to be mad at me? Hmm. Well, that's a people pleasing mentality. Is it because Hmm. I'm afraid that I have my kid and all these things and it's, it's driving me nuts what what are, do you have a fear with your kid that they're not going to survive if they're not in a right. bunch of stuff like what is the heart reason <laughs> and the very thing that you're anxious over you're building anxiousness into your child if they're right. not constantly busy right and sometimes it's just the season of life yeah. is really chaotic and so you know a good example is somebody that just has a newborn or is um, working a lot extra, I mean, or has a newborn and is working a lot. I mean, any of those things yeah. can, and some of those things I understand they're not changeable or can't, you can't really cancel them, but there are areas you can cancel and you can say, listen, I can't do this or I can't be this right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And, um, so I just, I want to throw that out there yeah. because sometimes we use, responsibility as an excuse to really uh drain ourselves and generally if you have good friends they're gonna be like no no we want we we support you we love you you want we want you to take this time and if you don't if you don't have that kind of support you ask the lord put Mm -hmm. it before him and he's gonna show you what you need to do yeah but that's good yeah i think the the analogy you and i use is um seasons mm-hmm. like it, life has seasons right you know you have winter fall autumn spring summer are autumn and fall the same yes um There's four you, seasons before yeah so if you i if, have i have a good example actually well no i was gonna say if you find yourself move something is continuing beyond a season it's turning into a lifestyle I think that's maybe where you need to start reevaluating. Okay, it is a crazy season right now, right? Crazy season. But if you've been saying it's a crazy season for the last 18 years, maybe reevaluate. Right. <laughs> or or if you're just constantly going, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted. I have so much to do. I'm just constantly busy. Busy, 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 busy. 
okay, but you've been saying that for three years. Right. It, it's no longer a season. It's, it's unhealthy. It's become a, it's become an addiction. Right. Yeah. What were you going to um, say? Well, back to kind of the example of things you can't change, right? Mm. So back when um, our youngest daughter was little, I mean, she was two or three, and she desperately needed a nap every day. And she was a terrible sleeper. This child, she slept on my face until she was five years old. And I'm not exaggerating. She'd be on my face and I'd turn my head to the side because that was as comfortable as I can get I could get. And she'd wake up and hold my my face between her hands and go, Mama, I want to feel your breath on my breath. And I mean it was really intense. And I know a lot of you are probably judging me because, you know, you have all these trips and tick or tricks and tips to make kids sleep. Here's the deal. They don't work. They didn't work. I did what I had to do to survive. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, to quote Trump, run. <laughs> I mean, run. Some, and those of you that have the kids that won't sleep, you know what I'm saying. But she just didn't sleep. And then at the same time, that was probably, I was a few years into trying, trying to figure out some of my health stuff. And I was exhausted constantly, mm-hmm. right? And so she'd have nap time in every day. And I'd think to myself, great. I can get this done. I can get that done. I can kind of get back on my game because I was just feeling like I was running behind at the time and just tired. And she would not take a good nap unless I would lay next to her. And so the whole time I'd just be laying there like full of anxiety, just Mm -hmm. thinking about what I should be doing and all that. And I remember just praying about it and the Lord saying to me, you know what? This is, I have this for you. I have a nap for you every day if you take it. Hmm. I have a nap for you snuggling your daughter. And I know what you need and I want to give it to you and stop feeling guilty and stop feeling like you need to do all these other things. Just rest. And so I embraced the nap with her and it was a life changer because (laughs) (laughs) then both of us were rested. We were both able to just... You know, because, you know, when you do anything and you're not fully into it, your body is kind of responding with that mm-hmm. anxiety, you know. And and so I just remember being like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. But I had to be willing to release what I wasn't doing and what I wasn't getting done because the Lord knew what actually was needed yeah. in that season. And I'm happy to report today that she's still a terrible sleeper. No, I'm not happy, but I wanted <laughs> to kind of lead you in the wrong road there. Um, she's a terrible sleeper. I don't even have anything else to say. Yep. She doesn't sleep well. Nope. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Yeah, go ahead. Are we did? Do you feel like we covered that one? Yeah, I was, was just laughing because you said nothing about the sleeping. <laughs> it's not funny. It's <laughs> She's too, 10 now. <laughs> too soon. Still too soon. This question comes from Stacy. How do you continue praying with hope for a miracle for a broken marriage? Well, at the same time, releasing uh, someone who clearly doesn't want to be with you. Um, yeah, how do you have how do you have hope for wholeness, for reconciliation, for a miracle? Um, and this one is, you know, talking about the context of a marriage um, with someone who is kind of done. They're done, done with the marriage. It's a really, really hard one because there's so much emotion that goes with that. And the, 
the living out of every day, yeah. right? Where we're kind of, I feel like people are made in such a way where we like to move through things. We don't like to camp out in the middle of things, right? Right. And so when you have something presented to you with such finality, like I'm done, I want out, the tendency is to be like, okay, you know, I, I'm right. going to move on no matter how painful it is. This is what I have to do. And just that, that moving through. And I'm not saying that that's not healthy. Moving through and moving on to other things is, you know, the Lord brings us through things. Um, at the same time, there is the reality that God can redeem and he can restore all things. And so yeah. I think really that is spirit led. Yeah. I don't think that's a, a question that can be answered as a blanket statement for any and all circumstances. Mm. I think it really depends on um, what the Lord has told you. If the Lord has given you hope for your marriage, if he's given you hope um, that he is going to do a miracle, then you believe in faith. Yeah. And you can release the person in their decisions and choose to forgive. I mean, I think that's a key is continually forgiving yeah. and releasing the harsh things said or the actions taken. But I think that you can still have hope that God can work a miracle. Um, and I know people that have walked that road that have still have had to go through the motions of doing what their spouse wanted them to do, right. but still had that faith yeah. that God was going to move and kept their heart in a place of receiving from the father yeah. instead of receiving doubt. And does that make sense? Do you want to clarify think, it all? Well, no, I was going to say, I think as you walk this incredibly difficult road, um, I mean, again, if, if God has called you to have faith for your marriage, um, you have to surround yourself with people who can partner with you with faith and hope um, and who will pray with you. And on the days that you are just like, I'm done, <laughs> you can borrow their faith. Will you please pray for me? Will you please encourage me? You know, having a community of people around you who can build you up in that. This is not a road you can walk by yourself. Uh, we were never, ever designed to be by ourselves. Um, and so being able to invite people into this situation, this um, journey is massively important. And like Lacey's saying, though, all of this, the, the responsibility you do have is walking in forgiveness because it, no amount of faith <laughs> is possible if there's hurt, bitterness, uh, yeah, an unwillingness that, that to forgive in your heart. Will, yeah, will grow up. And it'll, it'll destroy any faith that you do feel like you should have. Um, you know, and so <coughs> making sure that you're inviting people in and that you're intentional with the community that you build around you, people who will partner with you, um, not, not necessarily to agree with you, but who will pray with you, who will say, hey, God's, you know, desire is for... Um, wholeness, reconciliation. Um, and I think that's the other thing is that through this process, 
making sure you're you have healthy expectations. Um, right now, maybe the responsibility you have to have is walking in forgiveness. That's it. You just daily you wake up. <laughs> I forgive. I forgive. Um, and not even looking at reconciliation. And I end up naming what you forgive. I forgive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that sometimes we think forgiveness has to be for really big, hurtful things. But sometimes it's the little hurtful things that really stick with us and create stickers mm-hmm. in our mind and heart. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, well, it's, ama- it's amazing how such a teeny tiny pebble in our shoe right. can affect the entire way we walk. And it's those little teeny tiny things that can build up and cause that bitterness, right? Right. And so, I, you know... the. Like, like we're saying, this is not something where you can put a blanket answer on it, but you can right. take away certain attitudes to have. Number one, believing that God always has a way of redemption and restoration, mm-hmm. that there is always a miracle. Yep. Number two, being willing to be where he has you for as long as he has you, mm-hmm. to not try to hurry things on because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, if he wants you to sit in that place or stay in that place. Yeah. Um, and number three, to um, be constantly forgiving, releasing, yeah. and seeking yeah. what what it is the Lord has, and and you know that it's not concrete. All of this is kind of like <laughs> willy nilly all over the place yeah. because that that those are those kind of situations. Yeah, got you know. Okay, so I do want to take a couple couple. Th- shots here one is i am i am not a proponent that god causes things in our life to teach us something i think that is the things we learn are his redemptive side um god does not cause pain bring about divorce, bring about hurtful situations to teach us something. He is a redemptive God, though, which means he can make things work out for good, sometimes even better. Um, But it doesn't mean that bad thing was his will, that that thing that was hurtful was his will. Pain, suffering... Uh, loss, loss of a relationship, loss of health, sickness, those are not of him. They are not his design, but he is also redemptive. And I think making sure that as you're walking through this, um, one of the things, one of the tools we have is the freedom booklet. And so highly recommend that dealing with forgiveness. Um, and dealing with some of the, maybe some of the thoughts or beliefs and maybe lies even that, that I would, I can imagine tempt you being able to, to release those to God and receive his truth. I highly recommend the freedom booklet, but that was going to be the other thing I was going to say is that in a situation like this, there's already, already so much pain and hurt happening in a situation and in a divorce. Um, Adding to that Bible verses that would um, <laughs> add to that pain and that hurt, 
Um, you know, a Bible verse that is usually brought up is in Malachi about God hating divorce. Uh, you, the <laughs> people use those verses to, I think, blanket statement people's behaviors. This is a bad behavior. There's so much more going on there. And you, that's what I'm saying is I recommend. Are you, are you um, saying to not, you can't not let verses be used against you? Exactly. Okay. Um, Cause I mean, cause, I think there is, there's value in being able to be like, no, I believe her redemption because God's heart yeah. towards the verses this way. Yeah, no, no, I get, I get that. But it's, it's, I think we can heap upon ourselves. We can heap upon other people. Um, oh, this is going to sound bad, but like unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessary Bible verses that only bring shame rather mm. than life and wholeness. God's desire is for wholeness, redemption. I, I'm trying to think of a way to, to say it, but that, um, I don't know. There's just, a, there's a lot of hurt surrounding divorce. Um, a lot of natural hurt with divorce, right? I mean, that's why, that is one of the reasons God hates it is he understands what it does to the, to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Of people. Um, so he already, that's, <laughs> he already understands that pain. He already gets that. That's not what we're designed for. I think the biggest thing you're trying to yeah. say is that that verse is not one that you should look at and just sit in shame with. Exactly. Right? Yes. There's that a, yes. there is a truth yes. that is in that and it is accurate. I mean, the, the Lord doesn't like right. it because he knows the cost and he Yeah. he he doesn't like yeah. it. And and you can use that verse positively by yeah. being, "Lord, I know you don't like this, so when he give no- me give me your redemption right. in it, right?" Right. But what he Nathan is like trying it. to say is yeah. you does he doesn't want you to be paralyzed <clears throat> by the shame yes. of that verse because God yeah. is for you. Yes. And he's not left you to figure exactly. this out alone. That cuz when you use that verse in such a way where it brings shame, what it does is it makes you feel disconnected from the Father. Yeah. Like he doesn't even want anything to do with you. And that is not that oh. is not his heart at all. No, the reason he hates it is because he sees all the pain that it's causing right. and that's not his heart for people and so even amidst these pain there's he he has a he has a plan he his plan is to make it good Man, that how, was a how deep one. How far along are Let's, we? In we're the, doing good. We're doing we good. At? We have one okay. more question. All right. Yeah, we have one more question. I'll let you. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'll paraphrase this. here. Yes. Um, and this uh, this topic is um, the question is on singleness and what is an indicator of being contented in your singleness versus discontented, um, and and how you kind of sauce that out and (laughs) what the asker is asking is asking is um as a recent divorcee i am walking through a time where i feel whole in christ but would still like companionship eventually the problem is i feel like i keep the problem is i feel like i keep running into um the implication that um oh sorry i need to rephrase that The problem I feel like I keep running into is the constant implication from married people is that um, I want marriage because I can't control myself. 
How can I communicate what I'm feeling better? What can I say when I feel like they are prejudging a relationship that hasn't even occurred yet and may never occur? Mm. Um, number one, I feel like you just got to be careful who you talk about this with. Yeah. That if it is people that actually care about you and know your story and mm-hmm. know your heart, that they're going to actually have good advice for you about this. It's not going to be judgy. And if it's actually challenging and they care about you, that that might be something to consider. But yeah, that not everybody's going to be answering this well, because I mean, you know, Paul talking about singleness and all that, they're going to want to bring that one up to you. And (laughs) not that singleness is not a calling for people. It totally is. And there's really good reasons for it, but also marriage is a calling and it's just as, valuable mm-hmm. uh, marriage is i mean the whole church jesus analogy is based on the illustration of marriage right <laughs> kind it's, of deep kind of important to him <laughs> so i think kind of starting with the base answer that marriage is good god loves marriage god loves singleness he loves marriage yep. he loves blessing us with spouses that that is his heart too he gets excited about a couple that loves each other and loves him and has a family, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that makes him happy. Mm -hmm. So kind of start with that premise that your desire to get married is not a bad desire. Right. But the thing that people could be hitting on is maybe they're seeing something about the way you're doing it Mm. or, um, the way they wish they would have done it and they're commenting on it. And so the only way really to sauce that out is, is it someone you trust and you want their opinion? Right. <laughs> and right. I mean, that that's what you got to ask yourself. You know, I was going to say a, a great um, way. And this goes with this goes with dating a spouse, friendships, counselors, uh, people you seek advice from. This goes to every relationship. Look at the fruit of their life. Mm-hmm. What is the fruit of their life producing? If you want to know what someone thinks, not just because of what they say, <laughs> look at the fruit of their life. How's their relationship with their spouse? How's their relationship with their kids? How's their relationship with their parents? Look and at don't the fruit be of their afraid life. to ask why. Yeah. Why yeah. are they saying that? Why are they feeling like it's bad for you mm-hmm. to pursue that? What's the thought process behind it? What and do you then, specifically see in my life right, that's making you say that? And take it to the Lord. Lord, yep. is there any accuracy in this? Yep. Is there yep. anything you want me to see from this? But like I said, these are from trusted people. These are not just anybody because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a it's a tender issue. I think especially if you are divorcee and you're walking away from mm-hmm. a marriage and an experience that is painful that you want people speaking that are going to be spirit led and yeah. sensitive yeah. to your heart in it. Um, but I think you just starting out with the base knowledge that God is not unhappy with your desire to get married. That no. is not a, no. that doesn't make him unhappy <laughs> at all. No. Um, you know, there's a great, one of my favorite verses Paul uses. He goes, there's some who are eunuchs by birth. There's a physical issue. There's some who are... explain eunuchs. No, you were all like no, going all like... No, there's some who are eunuchs by birth. There are some who are made eunuchs by men. <laughs> Stuff happens. <laughs> and there's some who are eunuchs 
by choice. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when you basically looking at it in with regard to relationship going, listen, uh, you know, there's some people who God has gifted singleness to. And if you, you have, um, I want to preface in a healthy way. Okay. I'm, you're, this is someone who was addicted to pornography for years, so I'm not advocating that, okay? But if you're like, man, no, I just need a companion. <laughs> I just want a companion. My guess is you probably don't have the gift of singleness. <laughs> so, uh, again, this is a broad, you know, oversimplification of the subject, but just recognizing, you know what, if... If God is going to make me be single for the rest of my life, he's also going to give me the grace for it. Right. And if there's a grace lacking, but you're still single, man, okay, what are the areas, asking yourself, God, what are the areas that I can, um, that you're working on me on? Like, what are the things that you desire for me? And I would say, oh, ooh, ooh, okay, here's what I would say. Obviously, if you have a job, go to your job. You have kids. You have to be a parent to your kids. But get involved in ministry. Get involved in what God is calling you to. What is something you're passionate about? And then look around. Mm. And the people who are beside you are obviously the people who have the same passion, same calling. Maybe that. Maybe just start there. <laughs> I would... um for those of you listening, our dog just came into the room. Um, and I would, I, you know, I'm not an advocate for there's only one. And if you missed it, you just missed, you know, you missed the one God had for you. I'm not at all. I don't believe that. Um, man, I would just get involved, serve. Who are the people that are serving around you? And, um, you know, are they marriage material? Are they someone you're like, hey. Okay, cool. So, anyways, that's my advice. How did we do? I think it's fine. Great. Hey, guys, if you have any more questions, if you have questions about the answers, answers we gave. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's like a rabbit hole. I know. It like never ends. Um, no, we, we love this, and we hope that it was fruitful. We genuinely hope that it was beneficial. And if you're just like, man, you guys are way off. <laughs> Ask us better questions. No. Journal <laughs> no. about it. No, Journal about it. No. Um, no, we genuinely hope that this was beneficial for you. We hope that, um, man, we, our prayer, in fact, I'm going to pray right now. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak um, to these individuals, God, that you would bring peace to all three of these uh, questions, that you would bring uh, a clarity, Father, and a wisdom that is in line with who you are in your character, God. You are a God of relationship. You are a God who brings peace. You are a God who um, desires relationship first and foremost. Father, you don't mind it being messy. You don't mind it being... You don't even mind, uh, Father, our failures. You just simply want us to seek your face. And I pray for these three that they would do that, they would hear your voice, that they would have ears to hear, and that they would have eyes to see who you are, what you're doing, and what you're saying, God. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.
Thank you guys so much for joining us on this very serious. Shoot the breeze. Shoot the breeze. Throw the cheese. Throw the cheese. Shoot the breeze. <laughs> Run with scissors in the wind. No, we're not allowed to. Man, we're not allowed to do a lot of things no. anymore. We can burn down Walgreens, though. <laughs> oh! Yay! Peacefully, though. Peacefully. Peaceful. Peacefully. We can have a peaceful burning. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>